Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. Technology shares have resumed their pullback, dragging the market lower for the fourth time in five days. Washington remains in focus as a special counsel investigating Russia's interference in the 2016 election. Was said to be planning to interview two top U.S. intelligence officials. At issue, whether President Trump tried to enlist their help to get the FBI to back off a related investigation of former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is down 22 points, a tenth of a percent, trading at 21,353. S&P 500 down 7 points, a quarter percent, trading at 2431. The Nasdaq has narrowed earlier losses, currently down 37 points, six-tenths of a percent, trading at 61.59. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down 32 cents a barrel, three-quarters of a percent at 44.41. Spot Gold down $19.30 an ounce to 12.56.60. Ten-year Treasury down 9.30 seconds with yield of 2.1585. And that's the Bloomberg Business Flash. Over to you, Carolyn Corey. Catherine Cattery, thank you so much. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio. All right, this is where things get really cool. Emotion, artificial intelligence, emotion recognition. Our next guest is a pioneer in what some say is the next frontier of AI. Rana El Kalyubi is co-founder, CEO at Affectiva, with, uh, joining us right here on Bloomberg Radio with what she's doing. She was just uh, participating in a panel with me here at Pershing Insight, uh, talking about the science of innovation technology. Great to have you here with us. It's my pleasure. I'm blown away with what you're doing, and everybody should Google her at this point. Um, tell us what you... You do, what you are doing, what your company is doing. So Affectiva is an MIT Media Lab spinoff, and our vision is to humanize technology with artificial emotional intelligence. So we build algorithms that can read your emotions from your facial expressions, your tone of voice, your gestures, and um, there is a uh, you know a wide range of applications of this technology. We um, we envision a world in the future where. The way we interact with our devices and our technologies is just going to be the same way we interact with each other as humans. So when I'm typing in all caps, you get a pretty good clue. Right? <laughs> exactly. Right. If I'm driving and I'm only using one hand because my other hand's got a, a certain we finger extent, you can see something. Yep. But what are the cues you look for that are more subtle than, say, me? <laughs> so... Um, your facial expressions are driven by about 45 facial muscles, and um, there's actually a coding system for how you map these muscle movements to expressions, like Action Unit 12 is a smile, AU4 is a brow furrow, and we use computer vision and machine learning and deep learning to take all these movements and map them into an understanding of your emotional state. So what does that mean, use machine learning to do it? So we've collected five and a half million face videos from 75 um, countries around the world. That's about two billion facial frames. And all that data uh, feeds into the machine learning algorithm. So basically the way it works is um, the computer looks for a face. And then powered by all this data, we give it, you know, examples of, you know, tens of thousands of examples of people smiling or smirking or frowning. And it looks for all the similarities and differences between these emotions, and that's what it's learning. Because really accurate in understanding the nuances and so on and so forth, correct? Exactly. Well, when we first started, it was um, it could 
you know, read your smiles and your brow furrows, which are kind of, you know, big expressions. But now it's gotten even more, you know, better with, with data. So it can tell if you're squinting or smirking because you're not persuaded by somebody's argument or you're doubtful. So it's it's it keeps getting better. I want to bring this to Vegas. I time to play poker. <laughs> <laughs> I know. My, hus- my husband wants one. So the minute I walk in the door, he'd be like, "Oh, good mood, bad mood." Uh oh. No, right. but talk to us about some of the applications you guys are doing mm-hmm. today and how it might be used in the future. Yeah. So um, we work with a third of the Fortune Global 100 companies um, around the world to test their advertising. A lot of marketing, brand kind of usages. Exactly. So the problem we're solving there is they, you know, a lot of these advertisers want to understand how their consumers are connecting with their content, with their products. Um, because, you know, emotions drive decisions. Our right. emotions drive our purchase decisions, whether we choose to share, you know, share content or not. It drives our loyalty. It drives our brand perception. Um, but it's very hard to measure your, you know, your emotional response. And so they use our technology to, you know, they'll send URLs to people around the world. Um, and with people's consent, you turn the camera on your phone, you watch an ad, for instance, or a TV show. We measure all your moment-by-moment responses with our technology. And then we can tell the advertiser, you know, this ad was offensive or, the, you know, like the Pepsi ad, for instance. Or, right, this ad was engaging or this ad was, you know, this segment was boring or they didn't connect with the main character in the in the show. Um, because we're capturing the visceral responses that people have. Does this take robots to a whole other level? In other words, having, okay, right, so maybe we'll have something. We'll walk into a hotel and we'll talk to somebody or we'll walk home and we'll have our personal robot, if you will. But being able to understand your face is kind of crucial. Yeah, absolutely. Any interface that's designed to be social needs to have this. It's a fundamental ability for any sort of, you know, social interface or conversational interface. It does seem that it accelerates this this movement towards sort of instant knee-jerk reaction and, and, and not sort of long-term development of things. that You, you capture, you can see what's, someone's instant reaction, but you don't know how they react over time or how something grows on them or something. Well, I, I think I think the idea is that um, you can do the moment-by-moment analysis, but you also can look at how an emotional response unfolds over time. You know, emotions are very dynamic and changing, um, you know, and, and so we like to... You know, we, we look at the immediate emotion response, but we also track your mood across, you know, the course of a day, for instance. Ronald, what about the financial industry? What about the healthcare industry? Talk yeah. to me a little bit about maybe potential applications. Absolutely. Um, what, what I find really exciting is where the world is going in terms of this idea of a, a companion, whether it's a robo-advisor of a, or a nor- nurse bot that really knows you. So it builds a relationship with you. It builds trust. And as a result, it can persuade you to change or modify your behavior. So take the example of a robo-advisor. It, through interacting with you, it can decide or determine your risk profile. It can understand your fears and concerns. And it can use all that information to optimize and personalize a financial product um, for you. And it can track, you know, your um, your response. It can it can assess whether you are, you know, are you actually sticking to your budget or not? Are right. you making sound financial decisions or not? And because it knows you well, it can intervene and and, and right. Think about it, right? It could act, know your finan- your bank accounts or whatever, right. and where you're spending and whatever you're doing. Just think about how, that. 
How does the questions have to change to elicit the emotional response so that you can get something to me- that, that's useful to measure? Yeah, we see that a lot in uh, in the market research work we do. Uh, if you you have to ask questions that get at the like tug at your uh, tug at your emotions and tug at your heart, um, and so you, so you have to ask about things that people really care about, right? Like you know your your financial stability or your family or your job. Are you stable in your job or not? And then people will you'll you'll get a sense of whether you know people are stressed or not about their jobs, and and then you can key into that kind of cue and build on it. Um, the one concern, no, maybe or a concern, mm-hmm. is cause it, was it? I th- I'm trying to think when you were at MIT and was it government or somebody reached out and you were like, I'm not so comfortable with that. Yeah. So when we first spun Affectiva out, we uh, out of the we have about lab. 40 seconds. Okay. Yeah. We we got we got interest from the government and we just felt that it's not aligned with our core value of opt in and consent. We believe we have to align with the consumer on this. But you can see the future. Like if if this becomes ubiquitous, right? And it's Minority Report pre pre arrest yeah, pre crime arrest, right? Well, like I'm not any, to, but I'm just absolutely like any technology. There's good uses yeah. and the potential for abuse, and we um, we are advocates for the good uses. How soon before it kind of becomes just kind of a bit of a norm? I've got about 15 seconds. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah, now. in the next uh, you know few years, it's going to unfold in different sectors. I told you, Corey, we will be replaced. Are the robots <laughs> replacing us. <laughs> We will be replaced. Rana, this is great. Um, fascinating. Rana el Yubi, she's co-founder, chief executive officer of Effectiva, based in Boston, on-site at Pershing Insight 2017 in San Diego. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets, and this is Bloomberg Radio.